and welcome to another installment in the segment of A New Nerd in Nine. So for this particular segment, I would like to cover Hedy Lamar. Hedy Lamar is somebody that is known as a famous actress, and sometimes it is overshadowing in regards to her impact as an inventor in society. So we're going to focus more on the inventing side of it today. She was born November 9th, 1914 in Vienna, Austria. Her birth name was Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler. Early on in her teenage years, she was discovered by an Austrian director, film director, um, and he did recruit her to be in a Czech film called Ecstasy. It's now considered kind of an infamous role for her. She was very young and it tackled some sexual concepts that were definitely not in the norm to be um, on screen at the time. So that did kind of follow her around throughout her life. There's an interesting documentary on, I believe it's Netflix, that you can check out and it gets into more details around the impact that had on her life. But I'd rather focus on her contribution to the world of STEM, because I think that is certainly more important. Anyway, after she starred in that film, um, she was doing some additional acting, and she did meet and marry a very wealthy man by the name of Fritz Mandel. He was actually a weapons manufacturer, and he was selling uh, weapons and concepts to the Nazis. She was kind of just a glamorous housewife <laughs> in his eye. Um, so she would have to attend a lot of his dinners as kind of that arm candy. But during those dinners, she actually was learning a lot about trade secrets in regards to weapons and war, etc. Um, but she was miserable and she did end up leaving him when he was trying to mandate that she no longer act. She's very independent-minded person, so she left him and fled to Paris, London, and eventually the U.S. During the time she was fleeing, she did meet a then very prominent um, producer by the name of Louis B. Mayer, who is part of the MGM uh, conglomerate in Hollywood. So he did see her and was also like taken in by her beauty and her presence and had her sign a contract with them. And in those days, signing a contract with a studio was very challenging, um, took up a lot of time and they dictated basically everything in your life for that, whatever amount of time that contract was. So how you spent your days, even how you spent the evenings, who you could associate with, etc. But she was determined to make a name for herself in Hollywood. Her first American film was Algiers, and that really thrust her into um, the spotlight. She became very well known, very famous, and was considered to be one of the most beautiful women in the world, um, certainly at that time. So she continued to star in many films in the late 30s and the 40s. She starred along other very prominent actors at the time, such as Clark Gable, Spencer Tracy, and Jimmy Stewart. And during this kind of 
heyday of her career, she was at a dinner party and she met um, a gentleman by the name of George Antill, who was an, kind of an avant-garde composer at the time. And they got to chatting. Um, and during this time, it was like World War II time, the National Inventors Council actually asked civilians to submit an idea. And Hetty had had this concept that she wanted to try to help. She really was very patriotic about America. Um, even as a relatively new immigrant, she believed in what the country stood for. And so she wanted to find a way to help. And an idea she thought she could maybe fix was the issue the U.S. Navy had with their torpedoes being easy to jam, um, which meant that they were sent off course and not hitting the targets that they that were intended. So she and George began discussing this idea, and the concept was to change frequencies in the signal, similar to how a player piano um, changes notes. And if you've ever seen a player piano with the rolls and the, the way that the paper goes, um, where there's different notes at different places, uh, you, it'll kind of make sense. So they had this idea that if they could change frequencies similar to how that piano changes notes, the signal would likely be impossible to jam. And after this involved conversation, it said she was so excited to work on this concept with him. She actually wrote her phone number on his car window and her lipstick so that they could um, reconnect and actually get to work on this. So they spent some time and they did develop what, what's called the frequency hopping spread spectrum or FHSS. And they did apply for a patent, which they did acquire in 1942. Um, which obviously they were both thrilled. So they presented it to the military, but unfortunately they shelved the idea. She was very disappointed, but she still wanted to show her patriotism. And because she was such a prominent Hollywood actress at the time, you know, the suggestion was to take her face out there. So she did, even though that's not what her dream had been. She wanted to help from the technical side of things. Um, but she did end up raising millions of dollars in war bonds um, to help all of the war efforts. In the meantime, it said she continued to invent like in her quote unquote free time uh, when her contract wasn't controlling her. She got to know a lot of people and it said Howard Hughes even lent her chemists um, from his organization to try to help create a new tablet that would actually carbonate water. Um, the documentary goes into it a little bit more detail and the reason why it did not become an item, it does have to do with like water around the world, different softness, hardness, the chemical makeup of it. It wasn't successful, but the concept was brilliant. And then she also tried her hand at other things such as creating a new traffic light and even making a better box of tissues. Allegedly, the military didn't re realize the full benefit of her idea, that frequency hopping idea, until the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. And it was then used to control torpedoes and communications. So this is well after the patent ran out, unfortunately. If it had been used while the patent was still um, on that timetable, she would have actually received payment for it. But 
you know, allegedly it was after they didn't start using it until well after the patent ran out, unfortunately for her. But that concept has become the foundation for smartphones, GPS, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth, things that we use every single day. And we wouldn't be able to accomplish even something like this, a podcast, without the work that Hetty and George did early in the 40s <laughs> to try to beat the Nazis. So much later in life, in 1997, they both were honored with the Electronic Frontier Foundation Award. And in that same year, she actually received um, it's a Spirit of Achievement Award, and it was similar to the Oscars for Inventors. And she is in the Inventors Hall of Fame. She passed away January 19th in 2000 at the age of 85. And although the recognition came very late in life, and if you watch the documentary, you see um, the challenges she goes through later in life, but it still didn't diminish her sass. Like they have some recorded conversations with her and she's someone who always like spoke her mind, believed in herself. And she really was a trendsetter for a lot of different things um, as a woman in Hollywood at the time and as an inventor. So the next time you pull out that cell phone during this quarantine, take a second to thank Hedy Lamar for coming up with the technology that founded the ability to be able to use that. <laughs> 